This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. This is John Bateman, and you're listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast, which can be found on any podcasting platform or at anxietycanada.com. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Katrina Correa, a mental health advocate. Hi, Katrina. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. That's great to hear. Uh, Started off with the the title of the show, as always, which is, uh, Katrina, what's your anxiety story? Cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I can remember being as young as five years old in kindergarten, actually, and experiencing social anxiety to where I was terrified of like potential interaction with my teacher and my peers, which made it really hard for me to really make friends. And I remember if I knew um, the answer to a question, I'd never raise my hand or, and at one point, actually, I remember having my cousin who was in my class ask a question for me on my behalf because I was so scared to, to ask the teacher myself, which actually got me in trouble, but. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just when you want, when you're anxious. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, this also coincided with um, perfectionism where I put this enormous pressure on myself and was constantly worrying about making mistakes and comparing myself to others. Um, This progressed as I went on to high school, where I feel I experienced my most difficult time of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I was was formally diagnosed with generalized anxiety, um, depression, I was dealing with an eating disorder, and so it became a lot for me, and I ultimately did end up transferring high schools. Um, and outside of my school environment, I was also a competitive cheerleader, and I feel like this anxiety really translated to that sport. They already um, had such high expectations of us, and um, I myself was already really hyper- hypercritical of myself, and so it was really difficult to manage, and so um, that's why I, I really do want to advocate for um, being able to reach out for help and seeking resources because if anything, I don't think I would be able to like say, um, um, I'm, I don't think I'd be at the point where I am today where I'm able to really live my life with fully because of how difficult that was when I was alone in all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, question. So you in high school, so you started, you started anxiety young. Um, I can certainly relate to that. Um, and in high school, uh, how did your, what, what, what were your symptoms like? Like what, you know, was it physical, you know, what, what did you experience that you call anxiety? Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember I, I would actually, I would have panic attacks in high school. I would feel physically sick. I, um, I couldn't focus properly. There were so many times where I feel like I missed out on, um, events and experiences, just being around friends because I was too nervous. I just didn't feel well. I actually ended up missing a lot of school. Um, I found myself in a lot of doctor's appointments as well and counseling sessions because just trying to manage everything. But yeah, I feel like um, in general, I just, I, I wasn't myself fully mm-hmm. in high school. I, 
I, like I mentioned in elementary school, but this also, I guess, translates to high school. I had a difficult time making friends, and I, when I ultimately did, it was really beneficial for me to open up to them about what I was experiencing because I feel like a really strong support system made all the difference in high school because they would be able to really, like, see the symptoms I was experiencing and help me manage. So, so that's, that's when you say opening up, that's opening up to your friend group and receiving support from them. So what I'm curious about, you said you ended up um, switching schools. Yes. Um, Was that, so what, what was the catalyst for you deciding to switch schools? Like, was there something particular that was going on at your current school that made you decide you wanted to switch and try something different? Um, I feel like there were a lot of contributing factors, but the main one was, um, I, I had a really time just socially. I, I ended up, I did experience some bullying in my, at my first high school. And so that really, that made it really hard for me to just, to go to school in general. I opened up to my parents about that. And um, I met people outside. I, I had friends outside of my, my situation through um, just this group I was a part of that actually attended this, this school that I ended up transferring to and they loved it. And, they talked about their experience. I mean, it's really hard to love school, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, we I ended up moving there, and at first, honestly, I regretted it because I was like, "Why would I throw myself in this situation? I would be the new girl. This is going to be terrible." Um, and it, I, I don't know if this is like a known thing, but um, ninth graders are the worst. I don't know why I moved in literally <laughs> the worst year possible. They're all, they already have their own friends. They don't really want, they don't want to open up and meet new people. Um, so I kind of just threw myself in there. Um, initially it got really hard because um, I mentioned being like socially, it was really hard for me, but on top of that, the content I learned at my old school didn't completely translate to my new one. And so I also had that added stress put on. I remember vividly, this is actually the first time I ended up having to go talk to the counselor was when um, I, I always put, I was always good at school, put some enormous pressure on myself, wanted to be good at everything. But um, what's it called? In high school, um, in this French class I took, um, I just didn't have the same background as everyone else and I had a presentation and I, I just I just started I just blanked I started crying it was it was in a good scene and so <laughs> they wanted me to talk to some to their counselors and see what, what was up because yes I, I I just wasn't that that scenario happened but um I also like I was a new student and so they just they thought it'd be good for me to to talk to their resources, which overall it was, but. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, you're experiencing anxiety at your present school and then, yeah, what, what you, what you're alluding to and what you're, you know, what you did was a very, for many people, uh, that would invoke a lot of anxiety going to a new school. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to do it when I was younger, um, not by choice. And it was just, you know, it was, yeah, it was very difficult. Um, So for you, I mean, there's a great deal of, you know, kind of, bravery involved in taking that step mm-hmm. I um at the time I I did I I I don't think that I I really was prepared for for I just I just wanted to get out of my 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 old school situation but 
um yeah I feel like it did take a lot of strength and like bravery to, to step into that um and just make that decision for myself yeah yeah in in anxiety you know and in, in coping tools that's that's considered kind of uh, what you'd call exposure therapy I think um, sort of where this, the thing that you're scared of, you slowly, uh, start, well, in your case, it would have been br- quite abruptly, um, start exposing <laughs> yourself to those, yeah. uh, you know, if you're scared of going outside, you can go and stand on your doorstep for, you know, a couple of, couple of minutes and go back inside. But if you're, if it's school, you kind of got to go and got to be there. So it's, it's pretty extreme exposure therapy that you, that you pulled off there and you managed to make work. Yes, definitely. Um, what I'm wondering is, so what was your first sort of foray into, um, you know, getting help? Like, did that happen at school? Was that outside of school? What was, what Um, did that look like? Initially, I remember um, when I was still at my old school, I, um, I was experiencing a lot of, like, I was stressed out all the time. I would go home crying or staying in bed and just avoiding every, like, I would avoid schoolwork and Mm. I would just stop talking, like, um, hanging out with my friends and it became really like all apparent to my parents and I I did end up telling them about um, myself I, I had a panic attack at school I couldn't breathe it was, I just I thought something was wrong with me and so we went to the doctor and ultimately like she um, she sent me to I went to therapy and um, yeah, I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety and depression because at the time I, I was scooped up in my room all day. I did not want to talk to anyone. And I guess it's also opened up my parents' eyes to like the fact that, um, my, my current, my current experience at school just wasn't, it wasn't happening. It wasn't working out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that really, yeah. So they, they did end up in helping and supporting my decision to move. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I imagine like I had my mom helped me a lot through because because I mean, what I think a lot of people understand it, but some people don't that anxiety um, when it becomes critical and becomes crippling, like uh, you've experienced and I've certainly experienced in my life. How then that it, it's such an easy step to go to depression from that point. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and then you know, there's that snowballing where you you know where where you stop you know, the, the anxiety stops you and then the depression stops you from, you know, accomplishing, it starts making you feel worse about yourself. And then did you deal with a lot of uh, negative thoughts through throughout this experience? Yes, um, I did deal with a lot of suicidal thoughts. I mm-hmm. didn't, I just thought that like, it, I would be better off just not here. And that mm-hmm. was really difficult to deal with as um, someone as young as 14 and not really, I just didn't know what was wrong with me and so mm-hmm. um managing all these thoughts was was really a tricky time and so um I feel like like I mentioned earlier if I didn't receive the help and treatment I did then um I don't know what would have potentially happened what what uh so how did you I'm always curious because I've experienced definite times in my life where I've had a suicidal ideation um and so what how did you deal with those thoughts? You know, at a young age, I, I never really had them at that age, but how did you do, I got them first in my early twenties. So at, you know, at that age, and I guess at any age, how did you deal with those suicidal uh, thoughts? Um, I've, I've always, I mean, I guess this could be a good thing in this situation, but I've always been one to like look ahead and plan ahead. And like, I, although these, these thoughts were so strong, I always envisioned like, 
that it could get better because like this could potentially happen. I could, I could go to worlds for cheerleading. I could do this and I'd miss out on these experiences. And mm -hmm. so that was kind of motivating for me. Um, when thoughts got really, um, like just strong and hard to deal with. I also, I found myself, um, trying to, I, I mean, I distracted myself a lot. I, I was, which I, I know like with, uh, um, I was on my phone a lot, which could, was also went to, came to my detriment because, um, there's a lot of nasty stuff online. Especially so on so I gather my, my generation, I haven't experienced so much, but your generation, it sounds like yeah, you definitively have. And like, especially now with, um, platforms like TikTok where I find my 40 kid, you don't even choose what's on it. And it's like, it can be really triggering, really, um, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine being in high school or even elementary school now and seeing all of this growing up with that. But even so, like I, I would distract myself with like being on Instagram or um, I was a really big reader as well. And so mm -hmm. I read about these like really amazing like lives and fantasies and all these things. I loved, I loved memoirs and reading about people's lives. And so that really, I, I wanted to be them. And so I was like, okay, this could potentially happen if I just stick it out type thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. It's nice to have that to, you know, to be able to think forward, even if you're, even if you're kind of forcing yourself to look forward to something, but what, uh, you know, what's also, uh, I think, seems to be important, which I've heard over and over again from people. And, and you know, I don't think you were really dismissive when you just mentioned it, but um, this idea of distraction is a tool. And distraction is an excellent tool. It definitely um, is. I, yeah, I agree with that completely. It, it, but, you know, it, like, uh, of course, if your distraction, and I guess it depends on how you you know, it just even social media, even your, your device, even a computer for distraction is legitimate. You know, that, that, that's fine. But I guess then there's that point where you have to create those filters to keep yourself out of going from going down the rabbit hole um, yeah, yeah, and getting sure. too caught up in it. So obviously you were able to not get too caught up in any of that. Yeah, um, it was, I remember um, at one point it just, I, my Instagram just became so overwhelming because of all, like the things that I follow. The everyone followed the same people, and like that was what was considered cool. You wanted to be like them, yeah. Like this just became really like stressful for me, and it made me compare myself to like these celebrities and these unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And and so I decided for myself that I didn't want to look at that every day. Like I don't care what like what other people think. Like I just. I, I ended up just unfollowing and like filtering my my social media that way because mm. I I didn't want to set myself up for these negative thoughts. Yeah, well, I think there's you know in my experience with anxiety, um, and when it becomes debilitating, I think you you know and, and when it, with that kind of thing too, when you're talking about changing your lifestyle, um, because I mean that's essentially what you ha you know if if you say okay I've got an anxiety disorder. And you realize you're going to have to change some fundamental parts of your lifestyle. It's not easy to make those changes, but there's a certain amount of what I call, and you might have a different word for it, stubbornness. Um, <laughs> you need to have, you need to be yeah. stubborn. You need to be stubborn with yourself. For um, sure. Yeah, no, I, 
I, I really did not want to do this. I, I actually had this conversation. I had a really great support system at my new school, which included teachers. And I was having a really bad day. And um, he, uh, it, was a, it was a teacher. And he was like, why don't you just delete your social media, though? And I'm like, because I'm a teenage girl. I need it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, in that way, I see, like, I, you have to be stubborn about it and just what's it called? Um, um, just have to like remind yourself what, like what you, you can filter what you want to see. And like, don't, if you want to set yourself up for like the failure, then do it. But yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, time, I just, I want, I, I just want to avoid that out of cost. So I, I know what's good for me. I, I just, I ended up deleting. A lot. Well, it's a, it's amazing because you know, if you had like a little dog biting at your leg, all of it, all the time, you know, you, you, your impulse would be like to get away from that little dog. And, and that would be that. Um, but for something about this, you know, there's, there's a sort of, um, sort of, I think I'd call it like a pseudo connection that people think they have through social media. I'm not dissing social media. I think social media is here. I think there's value for connection, but I also think we have to be responsible for the way we interpret social media. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, social media is such like, it's, it's an amazing platform for us to connect with people. Like, especially now I have some family in Seattle, I can't visit them. I love being able to stay connected, see what they're up to, talk to them. Yeah, like, of course, you have to really be, you've got to be strict about what you like view and content you see, because it, it is it is really influential. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. So tell you, you mentioned you were into competitive cheerleading. I know, obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously I've never participated in, in competitive cheerleading. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised at that. Um, so with anxiety, so this was in high school that you, you were doing competitive um, cheerleading. Yes. I actually, uh, I decided to, um, to come to go back to, and, um, I'm on a world's team right now. Um, well, I don't know how it's going to go considering how, um, athletics right now is kind of like, yeah, the big question mark, but I decided to go back this year, but all through high school, I treat competitively. So, okay. So again, there's another, I mean, there's another thing where people with sort of, you know, somehow you've, you've managed to like when you decided, or I guess you probably naturally were into, you know, cheerleading or that kind of thing. And obviously very athletic. Um, and athletics can be very competitive and I know athletics can evoke a lot of anxiety in people. So did you, did you get anxiety from being competitive? Um, or was that just not part of being competitive part of it for you? Um, definitely at like cheer competitions, I would, I was, I always got super nervous yet, but I found that cheer itself with like going to practices, that was an outlet for me to really relax and like do something I enjoy and kind of something that would help manage my anxiety, like do mm-hmm. self-care, like doing something I really like am passionate about. But it did get stressful at times. And um, when things got intense, like choreography camps, or we would have like really long 10 hour days learning <laughs> choreography wow. and not picking things up, I, I would get really anxious. And I want, I didn't want to be the person um, that couldn't pick up on the dance right away or um, whose stunt group was not um, getting the stunts up in the air. And so there were instances where um, anxiety really um, was a part of my my cheer, I guess, like, 
um, it's my cheer experience in general, but I, I, for the most part, um, it really did help like with managing it because I, I mean, we mentioned earlier, like distractions are huge and this was a really great one for me. Yeah. And it's, it's physical, like, uh, you know, physical output is really great for dealing with anxiety too. Um, and, and then, so with, so within your cheer, so you, you obviously, I guess you, you're on a team. So did you have, you had, so I guess having that kind of camaraderie and support certainly helped. Yes, definitely. My um, circle of friends through cheer are, there's the people that I met super young. I'm still friends to, to this day, they're my closest friends. And it really helped having that really constant circle of friends, considering I did move schools and like, I had a hard time even growing up in elementary school making friends. And so yeah, having that really um, supportive circle um, was really great for me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's completely incredible. That and you're st- and for all intents, where you're still you're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I decided that um, because last year I, I said it was going to be my last year. We are going to go to Florida, ESPN Sports. Um, wow, we're going to compete there. My last time, last shot, and then it just it got canceled. I'm like, okay, I can't end it off like that. We've got to do another season. Yeah, definitely. That, that yeah, we'll we'll yeah, so we'll see. And fingers crossed that they'll figure something out. I mean, you know, they're playing they're playing other professional sports and cheerleading. I guess you're in contact with your team members in terms of a bubble. Yes. Um, we actually, we, we began, um, we're, we're starting to practice stunts again, but we have to wear, we wear masks while we, we stunt, which is a, a very big adjustment. I mean, it's obviously like I'd rather wear masks to stunt than just not stunt at all. And yeah. it's a really big adjustment, but yeah, we're, we're in our small circles. Um, it's, it's, it is a really high contact sport though. We're constantly catching people, throwing people up in the air, like, it's just really tricky. It's tricky to navigate right now. I yeah. Think. So you're, you're a, an advocate. What, what made you decide to get into advocacy, um, you know, for mental health? Yeah, for sure. Um, I found that really in, I guess I test like my high school experience. I, I had really, really strong and um, influential people in my life that really advocated for mental health. And um, I really, I, I thank my, my teachers and my counselors at school for really um, instilling in me that mental health is, impo- is just as important as physical health. And so um, when I was able to open up to not just them, but some of my peers that I was comfortable with, I realized how how prominent this is and how so many people experience um, anxiety, yet no one really talks about it, well, at least at my school, no one really talked about it. And so now that I have graduated, I'm in university, I really want to be someone that could advocate for this because it is so common nowadays. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, sharing your story with us is certainly, you know, huge and being an advocate. But I think what a lot of people should, should understand is being an advocate does not necessarily mean you're doing, you know, what I do where you have a podcast or where you're, you know, out, you know, forming, you know, NGOs or where you're, you know, becoming parts of groups or whatever. Being an advocate also means just being open to people that are in your life about anxiety and about what you're going through and and what you've learned. I think that's important for people to understand that an advocate does not mean that you have to be on TV, on a podcast, on radio, whatever. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that just, being able to, to, to spread awareness and let people know of like what, 
what anxiety is and why it's important to you to advocate for um, mental health mm-hmm. um, is super important. And honestly, just, um, yeah, not everyone has such a big platform, but just do what you will with what you have, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you, do you ever aspire to kind of being part of a larger platform? Or are you going to just kind of stick, stick to it as you're doing it now? Um, I mean, eventually, maybe as if, if I find the opportunity or the time, but um, I definitely will continue to do what I am doing. But um, yeah, maybe in the future, if there was the opportunity. Yeah, well, you're I mean, what you're doing is, is just as legitimate and just as valuable, like I say, as anything else. Um, and definitely speaking to me today uh, is incredible. And it's, it's inspiring for younger people, eh, people of all ages to hear sort of younger people um, opening up and talking about their experiences, because it, it lets people know kind of the fundamental truth that we're not alone. Yes, for sure. I, it's, it's super important. And I think even among my peers or my workplace, I, I really do try to, um, to um, I guess, spread the importance of mental health and why um, we should prioritize it, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Katrina, best of luck getting uh, down. What did you say that was the world that you're doing? Um, yes, we're competing to go to world this year. <laughs> okay, okay. Best of luck with that. I, I hope they find a way to make it go for you. And um, I really appreciate you talking to me and uh, kind of sharing with all of us what you've gone through. Uh, I, I hope you have a great day and I hope to talk to you soon. For sure. Thank you so much. Take care, Katrina. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.